It was the meteorologist guy, the one from Maria Romanova's team. He had died in surgery, internal hemorrhaging, systemic shock, organ failure, blood loss. The man had been struck in the abdomen with a piece of flying metal that had damaged many of his vital organs and poisoned his body with fecal matter from his digestive system. He was standing in front of her, his head cocked slightly askew, staring at her neck. His upper intestines had spilled out of his wound and now hung in long, pallid loops, dragging on the floor between his naked, bloody legs. The scissors fell unnoticed from Talanov's fingers. She tried to force her mind, her body, to react. Neither would obey her commands. As if broken from a trance, the man in front of her jerked, and then his gaze slowly rose. His eyes slid up her neck and slowly ascended the architecture of her face. They were a dull, dry brown, and Talanov found her gaze fixed on something silvery glinting in the right cornea. A splinter of metal, she thought distantly, shrapnel from the explosion. And then his eyes met hers, and a new wave of horror shocked her senses. She stared, not at a man's eyes, but at dual tunnels to the kingdom of the dead. The black canals once ushered in rays of light that dazzled bundles of optic nerves in the man's brain, seducing them into painting images of the living world around him. They now admitted nothing. It was like a channel lock had been turned, and those inbound streams of light had now reversed their flow to become twin forks of the river Styx. They seemed to speak to her, these black brothers. Together they formed the terminus of an ancient evil's cleft tongue, an evil that once roamed the pathways of an ancient garden, spewing forth acidic lies and seductive promises of greatness, of equality with the living God. These eyes spoke of a horrible darkness, expounding not on death with its simple gracefulness, but on a thrashing, malevolent hatred of all that is living. And then his mouth opened, and he shrieked at her. It was the same sound she had heard before, that same deafening, awful, high-pitched wail. He bent forward with the effort, jutting his head toward her. She could see his neck muscles bulge as he screamed. The man stepped forward, his arms reaching out as his icy, cold breath washed over her. Her eyes now focused on his mouth, on his dirty, bloody teeth. She tried to step away, and then she was falling backward. The man clutched at her blouse and fell with her. A wave of pain and dizziness washed over her as she landed hard on the metal-plated floor. She could feel his weight on her and realized that he was kneeling on her legs, his knees digging painfully into her thighs. His hands were crooked, bunched up into bird-like claws. They pushed her face aside and tore at her collar, exposing her neck. Her arms were working now, pushing at him, punching his face and torso, trying to force him off of her. It was too late. She felt his dirty teeth on her neck. There was an intense, pinching sensation, then a wet, tearing sound as searing pain rocketed through her body from the wound. The agony was unbearable. She clutched at his hospital gown, her hands constricting into balls. She could feel the rubbery coolness of his dead body through the material. Distantly, she heard the other nurse screaming, and then her scream changed into a frightened shout. And then there were many shouts. People were yelling, crying, shrieking in pain. She could feel vibrations in the floor as they ran, 
In her mind painted a picture of a panicked mob in the streets of her hometown of Smolensk. She could hear equipment toppling over to slam onto the floor. Belov was shouting, and the shrieking sounds, now mixed with guttural, predatorial grunts and calls, were everywhere at once. Through it all, the thing on top of her kept biting, pulling, chewing. Hell! I mean hell! And then she recalled a quote from Dante. It was from the Divine Comedy, one of her favorite works. Omnis relinquentis spes ovos intrantis. She would have smiled at the bitter irony if her facial muscles were still intact. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here. The animal on top of her bit down again, and her head flopped to the side as he severed the large sternocleidomastoid muscle in her neck. Lieutenant Talanov felt a tickle on her cheek and realized that she was crying.